0: I had had it with God. I first sensed his call to full-time ministry in a Protestant tradition all the way back in eighth grade. And I had pursued it, more or less, in the many years since that time. Now, as I was zeroing in on ordination in my Protestant denomination, the Lord seemed to be leading me into the Catholic Church where I knew I would not be becoming an ordained priest. One day, it all came to a head, and I let God have it. My anger and frustration at having my life goals and expectations, one, ones I had worked and studied toward for decades, poured out for a good few minutes. And when I finally went silent, I was surprised to hear God's response. I'll tell you what He said coming up next. Helping you grow deeper on your spiritual journey.
1: Welcome to The Inner Life with Patrick Conley.
0: Welcome, friends, to The Inner Life, where our wise spiritual directors are here to help you draw closer to the Lord and walk with Him today. I'm Patrick Conley. Thanks for joining us. So there I was in our tiny kitchen, in our tiny flat, and I had just vented all my mounting frustration to the Lord. As I said, when I finally stopped venting and just stood there kind of silently weeping, the Lord asked me two questions about my feeling led to the Catholic Church. The first was, if I'm not the one leading you into the Catholic Church, why would you even consider it? Uh, Okay, good point, Lord. And then the second question from the Lord came right on the heels of the first. And if I am the one leading you into the Catholic Church, don't you trust that I will take care of you within it? Of course, I wanted to say, but then I paused for a bit of reflection and introspection. Did I really trust him? I mean, sure, I was able to trust him in some of the small things of life, and of course in the huge thing of eternal life. But what about the very course of my earthly life? Was I willing to go out on the limb of becoming Catholic, knowing only that my life would suddenly take a sharp turn? that it would not look anything like the way that I thought it would, that all my dedication and devotion and study and time now may or may not apply? I'll be honest, it took a while. But eventually, as the idea settled in and as that question from the Lord, don't you trust me, continued churning in my soul, I gave in and stepped out in faith. And yes, everything changed. And I would not have it any other way. I'm so grateful that the Lord led me into his Catholic Church and proved himself faithful and worthy of all my trust. Today on the show, we're talking about trust. What does it mean to trust God? How does he ask you to trust him? How do you grow in trust? Joining us to guide our discussion is our spiritual director, Father Matthew Spencer. Father Matthew is a priest of the Oblates of St. Joseph, currently serving as Provincial Superior and Shrine Director for the Oblates of St. Joseph out of Santa Cruz, California. Father Matthew, good morning. Welcome back to the show. Great to have you with us, as always.
1: Patrick, it's always a joy to be with you. Thanks.
0: (laughs) As we're talking about trust, I mean, it seems so simple. And yet it's so hard, sometimes at least, to trust in God. And maybe, uh, what does it mean? Let's start there. What does it mean to trust God? What? How does that work itself out in our lives?
1: Yeah, so I think we... we We begin by looking at our will, right? So I want certain things in life. I want to be happy. I want to be uh, successful. I want, you know, all the different things that we think will will ultimately make us fulfilled. Um, And trust is this uh, decision, this act of the will to say that, well, I don't have to control all of these factors, that in fact, I can turn this over to God and and he will make sure that things work out the way that 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 they need to and he'll mm-hmm. make sure that things will work out in a way that will lead me to the happiness that my heart desires in, in some sense patrick i'd say trust is is surrendering right trust is surrendering to in faith to a god who who will take care of us and deciding that we're going to let god take care of us instead of trying to figure it out myself i mean what a beautiful example you just gave us in in your own life. And I think what I was thinking about as you were sharing that is how the hard part of trust is that I think we don't, we're not always convinced that God has our best interests in mind. We're not always convinced, in fact, that surrender is a good idea because we think, well, if I surrender to God, then I'm going to be miserable. If I surrender to God, then I won't be happy. And far from it. You know, when we surrender, when we trust in God, then things work out better than we can imagine. So Uh, Yeah, yeah, I think I think trust and surrender are essentially synonymous in the gospel, allowing God to be in charge and in control of our life.
0: Yeah. And maybe there are those listening who um, they're not convinced, like you said, that God has their best interests in mind. And that's always a challenge for all of us as we're seeking to grow in trust. But maybe they, uh, you know, don't even find that God himself is trustworthy. So maybe just turning for a moment to the gospels and looking at the life of Jesus himself. How does God reveal to us through in the life of Christ, and perhaps most especially, of course, in His passion, His death, resurrection, and ascension? How how He is trustworthy? How He is worthy of all of our trust, of all of our surrender?
1: I think, um, Patrick, the the Holy Scriptures are just a continual, one continual uh, exposition of how God wants to care for us and throughout from the very beginning right from the book of Genesis all the way to the book of Revelation over and over again what we see are these situations where people aren't sure if God is uh is going to care for them but then in the end he follows through right whether we're talking about Noah and the hmm. promise that Jesus I'm sorry that God gives to Noah whether we're talking about Abraham and the promise of God that his descendants will be numbered like the stars and there he is and his uh, he's not able to have a single child for many years, and he has to trust, right? Yeah. So these 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 elements in Scripture are all a prelude to Jesus, who becomes present to us to share with us the fullness of God's plan for us, and it's Jesus who reveals the fullness of how much God loves us right Jesus it's Jesus who shows us not only that God will uh, will make good on his promises but that in fact he sends his only son to die for our salvation Um, so the whole life of Jesus essentially is a reminder to us to say God cares about us God loves us and God's going to take care of us uh, no matter what happens And Jesus will, I mean, throughout all of his preaching and throughout his whole life, he will continually come back to this theme. Uh, The Sermon on the Mount, of course, comes to mind. Jesus says, don't worry about things so much. Stop being anxious, right? The Lord is counting every hair on your head. The Lord knows who you are. He knows what you have, and he's going to take care of you. Um, So, yeah, the whole of Jesus's life, right, I mean, is, is a reminder that we need to trust in God. Uh, And I think that's the challenge. Here's the thing, Patrick. I mean, you can't trust in God unless you have faith in God, right? So we have the three theological virtues, faith, hope, and love. And it's important that faith comes first because in order to have hope or trust, right? I mean, the catechism would say that hope is essentially trust. Um, uh, In order to have hope... What we first need to have is is faith that God exists, that God, uh, who God is, and how He's going to care for us, and ultimately that leads uh, leads us to be able to respond in love. And so, I mean, just getting back to your 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 question, I think all of Scripture and especially the life of Jesus is meant to lead us to faith in God, which then hopefully helps us to trust in His plan for us, and then to, for us to respond in love. Right,
0: and a great, a great reason to be steeped in the holy scriptures and to understand and see how God proves Himself trustworthy again and again and again, and like you said, Father, especially in the life of Christ Himself. But you know, oftentimes in living out our own lives, it seems like even even though Jesus says that uh, you know, uh, seek and you will find, ask and you will receive, knock and the door will be open to you. It seems like some of those doors that it that we're we're knocking on. Just remain closed. I mean, I think that's one of the things that would probably see serve to erode some of our trust in God. Is that we're we're knocking on the door. It seems like even when we've been faithfully trying to follow the Lord's will, it seems like we come to a door, we knock on it, we knock on it, but um, yeah, it just seems like that door is not opening. So what do we do in those types of situations? And we don't we don't uh, you know we ask, but we don't receive. We seek and we don't find. What's going on there?
1: I think this gets us to to a realization that trust is not just a a passive letting go and not doing anything and waiting for God to come through. Right, that's not what uh, real Christian trust is. As if we just can, uh, as if we can just allow God to do everything and we don't have to do anything. <laughs> no, trust is is allowing God to to do His part. It's taking responsibility for our part, but it's also Patrick. It's also a realization that. Uh, God will provide in a way that sometimes is surprising to me. So I mean the example that you gave at the top of the hour is a great example. I mean you you didn't think that becoming Catholic was exactly the solution to yeah, things. Right. Um right? I mean we push back and we think, no no, God's going to come to my aid in a different way. Uh oftentimes God comes to our our help in a surprising way or he takes a lot longer. To come to our aid or or maybe he maybe he makes us suffer in ways that we don't expect and it's not because god is not good on his promises and it's not because we can't trust him it's because trust means also allowing god's will to be done and sometimes that's going to be different from the way that we expect things to unfold so um yeah i would say that um you're right uh, all of us are going to experience great hardship along the way, and and oftentimes it's going to be confusing how God responds to our knocks on doors and to our our requests and the right, asks right. that we make to Him. Uh, but He will come through when we trust, and sometimes He'll come through in surprising, uh, mysterious ways, but always in ways that are that are better than we can even imagine. Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, very good. Our spiritual director today, Father Matthew Spencer as he is leading us through a discussion on trusting in God, growing in trust in God. When was the time you stepped out in trust of the Lord? What happened? Did he follow through? And if so, how? Maybe you're in a situation of having to trust in God right now, and you're wondering where he is. Either way, give us a call. We'd love to put you on the air. Our phone number here at the Inner Life is triple eight nine one four nine one four nine eight 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 nine one four nine one four nine. If you'd prefer to send us an email, of course you can always do that. Our email address is inner at relevant Father, I'm glad that you brought up this idea of time and he doesn't always respond in the timely fashion that we <laughs> that we sense. And I'm just mm-hmm. chuckling because as I'm thinking about it, I would I would go so far to say as he rarely <laughs> responds <laughs> in the time that I think he should respond in. Um, but, you know, and some of those things, yeah, they're they're kind of um, humorous or laugh worthy. Right. But um, and see him coming through at the very last moment or even beyond what we think was the very last moment. But I'm thinking specifically then maybe of things that aren't quite so humorous, at least uh, it doesn't appear so, like uh, parents who have seen their children wander away from the faith, and they're praying, they're praying, they're praying, like St. Monica, and uh, they're not seeing. In fact, they might see their children becoming farther estranged from the Lord. Um, What is the relationship between trust and patience or trust and waiting on the Lord?
1: You know, I was just reading this essay from uh, Bishop Robert Barron, um, and he, he uses this really, really neat example. He says, um, let's say that one page of the Lord of the Rings, you know, uh, epic volumes is ripped mm-hmm. out, and then uh, just one paragraph from that page is preserved, preserved on a tiny little piece of paper, and then that paper somehow finds its way into the hands of somebody who who has no no awareness of human history, no awareness of fiction, no awareness of of literature, and they would read this and they would think it's it's nonsensical, right? You take one paragraph out of context of of thousands of pages and it seems meaningless. Um, well, of course, it doesn't mean that it's meaningless. It means that we're missing the the much bigger context of of uh, of. what's going on Mm. and bishop Barron uses this example as a way to to remind us that we're only perceiving very small bits of of god's plan and so when we see evil when we see our loved ones maybe not living the way they should when we see evil things happening to people it's easy for us to kind of jump to a conclusion and say oh well god doesn't know what he's doing or god doesn't exist or none of this makes sense uh, when a better explanation is the realization that we're only seeing this tiny little slice of mm. God's bigger plan. we're only reading one tiny little paragraph of the the many volumes of of his love for us that we can imagine. And so I, I think trust is the realization that even when bad things happen to me, it doesn't mean that God is evil. It doesn't mean that evil is stronger than God. it doesn't mean, uh, that, that God is, is not operating and working in my life. What it means is that I don't always have all the information to, to see things and judge them appropriately. Uh, when, we, when we have faith that God is, is good, when we know that God will take care of us, then we can look at things that happen that apparently don't have any solution or apparently are just meaningless, evil things. We can look and say, well, we don't have the whole context. We, God's, going to go, God's going to bring goodness out of these things that we can't even imagine. So I think that's, that's really important, Patrick. When, when we're struggling to trust, especially because we're seeing bad things happen and we don't understand why God would allow them to happen or how any good can come out of them, I think that's when humility really has to step in and say, well, I, I don't have all the information here. I don't know everything. And so I have to allow God to be God, recognize that I have a limited perspective, and therefore decide in trust to, to, to allow God to, to come to my aid when he needs to. Mm, yeah. Okay. Well,
0: lots of follow-up questions I know that will come, but let's turn to the phones now. Michelle is calling in from North Carolina. Good afternoon, Michelle. Thanks for calling The Inner Life. You're on with Father Matthew.
2: Okay. Well, thank you. I'm actually going through something, taking my call. I'm going through something right now. I was diagnosed with a neurological disorder, and I had prayed and asked the Lord to show me if he was going to heal me or if something else was going to occur. And I asked him specifically what to show me if he were planning to heal me. And he did show it to me, and I was surprised And I took a picture. I've still been seeing it, but now it's been going on some years now, and things were starting to get worse. And I'm still wondering, am I interpreting this correctly? <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And I know, but he did show me something, too, in terms of, If i have a home and i asked him what to show me and he showed me that and i do now have a home so i'm still trying to trust for this one too but it's getting a little more difficult because physically speaking i'm starting to see changes but i know i'm supposed to hold on so i'm not quite sure where i am right now
1: yeah michelle well thanks for calling and i am sorry that um there is this cross that you're bearing with this neurological illness Um, but certainly of course in faith we know that god can do many good things. He can heal you immediately if he desires. He can also use this illness for your own growth and holiness, for witness to his love in the world. Um, you know, I, I think um, what we do always is we approach the Lord with great, um, with great awe, with great humility. When we when we think that we have understood. Uh, a message that God is giving to us when we think that we have clearly understood maybe something he's saying to us or something we've seen and we interpret it, uh, we don't just immediately discount that and say, no, I could never know God's will. He, he does from time to time reveal things to us quite clearly. But I think we also have to be very careful, Michelle, about, about holding on to our interpretation of things as if we got it correct uh, the first time, or as if God's plan is applying to our lives in the way that we expect. That is to say, um, I would say, look at those past experiences you've had with God. We don't dismiss them or discount them or or be people not of faith and say, no, no, that couldn't have happened. No, we say, God God speaks to us. He communicates to us. But it's always it always comes to us through our own lens and through our own experience. And sometimes that distorts the message that God gets to us. So I mean, I can give you a good example, Michelle. Growing up, I always wanted to be uh, the husband of a, of a wife. I wanted to be married, wanted to have children. I, I thought that that was God's will for me too. And I I thought I saw various signs to this, right? I, I had a good, um, I think, formation in family. I had a, an awareness of what a good marriage would, would require. And so I thought that this was God's will for me. Well, I mean, you can know the rest of the story. Here I am before he was a priest, right? It wasn't God's will that, that I would be the, the father of a family and the husband in a marriage uh, because that took some discernment and that took time for me to really reprocess what I thought were clear messages from God. Um, so I would say be, be open to what God is communicating to you now. Be willing to look back to those experiences you've had with God, to see them more clearly, and to and to accept and be open to the fact that maybe maybe we didn't always see the timeline of things correctly in the past or maybe we didn't see how God was was leading us in a certain way and and trust right and trust that God will still is still operating in your life and will lead you to to the happiness and wholeness that he desires for you
0: Michelle thank you for the call our prayers are with you and don't forget to Call in if you haven't already to the Divine Mercy Chaplet, 3 p.m. Central every day with Drew, or the Family Rosary Across America, 7 p.m. every Central, 7 p.m. Central every day with Father Rocky and and uh, Maggie, who are praying with you, and we'll take your prayer intentions and offer them up to our entire listening audience. So our prayers are with you, Michelle. Thank you for that. Pray that you will be able to to find newfound trust in God in and through this uh, this. Stage of life that you're in, this this burden that you're facing. We're talking today about trusting in God. If there's a time that you have trusted in God and stepped out in faith and seen that really uh, pay off, uh, bear great fruit in your spiritual life, or perhaps you're in a situation right now that's requiring a lot of trust and you're not sure how to continue, how to continue trusting God, give us a call, 888 9149, 888 914 9149, or send us an email, life at relevantradio.com. We'll be back with more of your calls, with your emails, and with more discussion on trusting in God with our spiritual director, Father Matthew Spencer, right after this short break. We'll be right back. Looking for a new job? How about one that offers you opportunities for spiritual, social, and charitable growth? Our sponsor, the Catholic Order of Foresters, is hiring new agents today. Visit RelevantRadio.com Forester, an Illinois life insurance society not available in all states. Welcome back to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio, RelevantRadio.com, and the Relevant Radio app. Thanks for joining us today as we're talking about trusting in God. If you have a situation that you're striving to trust in God, but it's not easy, maybe you need some little bit of guidance along the way. That's why our spiritual director, Father Matthew Spencer, is with us today offering you a bit of advice, a bit of help, a bit of hope on your journey with Jesus today and in trusting in him. Let's take an email, Uh, Father. This came in. uh, My name is Maria, she writes, and she says she loves her 10-year-old special needs child, but she does not see God's love and finds it's hard to trust in Him in this situation of having a special needs child. So she asks, "Can Father Matthew shed shed some light on this? How do I know?" She asks, "Heaven is how do I know heaven is real and that I can trust this?"
1: Yeah, this is a very good question, right? I mean, of course, every human being is made in the image and likeness of God, and and Maria's child, of course, is no different from that. <laughs> he or she is loved with with um, with an un uh, unimaginable love from the Father. Uh, but then we look at, at people who have what we see as certain crosses, whether it's special needs condition, whether it's uh, some physical challenge they have, whether it's maybe uh, aging that occurs much more rapidly than we expect. Um, we, we see people's crosses, and we, we believe in God, right? We know he exists, mm-hmm. and we love those around us, even with their own uh, weaknesses, but then we start to wonder well how is this god's will right i mean how did yeah. how, how could it be that god would allow this person to have these crosses or or allow me to have to bear this cross maybe i mean i think it's a it's a fair if i'm interpreting maria's email uh, correctly anyway it's a fair uh, question to ask um, and i think i think what we do is we going back to what we were talking about a few minutes ago patrick is we try to see uh, these situations in a bigger context in a with a bigger perspective so we look and we see well my say my grandmother or my grandfather are going through Alzheimer's right or experiencing the weakness and frailty that comes with Alzheimer's and and we grieve that now they don't recognize us the way that we would like them to or that they're they have their own challenges and and frustrations and difficulties uh, but we see this not within just the the cross that they're bearing, but we see the possibilities of recognizing that human nature is so much greater, so much bigger than just our physical or mental capacities, right? Mm-hmm. We're so much more than just what we can accomplish or get done. Uh, and I think that's a, a beautiful thing uh, that special needs children teach us is that, um, Our value as human beings doesn't come because we're great at calculus or it doesn't come because we're successful managers or or great preachers. It comes because we're made in the image and likeness of God. And then it gives us an opportunity to witness to God's love to other people. So now in my grandmother or grandfather's life, when they have Alzheimer's, uh, then I have to now be a beacon of light. Then now I have to give some of my own life up in order to care for them, in order to be there for them, and this in turn gives me joy. So right. I think what I would encourage Maria to do is to to see this perspective with with a bigger uh, view, with a bigger um, you know kind of uh, context than. Maybe we're we're tempted to do, which is just sure. to see it through the one simple lens of this situation. No, we see this through the lens of God's love. We see this through the lens of what He's accomplishing through these situations.
0: Well, let me let me jump in, Father, because um, I I got a follow up email from Maria just while you were while you're talking about that. Good okay. good reminders about seeing it in context. But um, she um, had a she had a typo in in her original email. She meant to type, "I lost my ten year old special needs child," so her son. Mm-hmm. Actually passed away, and I think that that opens up. Oh, I mean, yes, yeah, seeing it in a larger context. But um, this sort of, sort of um, this sort of situation, of course, we all deal with from time to time of losing someone close to us. But especially a mother losing a, a child. Um, that's that's really hard. Um, that's even perhaps harder than some of the other situations of seeing it in a larger context when our love is poured out in such a such a profound way and then to lose someone who is so close to us like that any comments on that father
1: yeah i think that's where hope has to really come into our life we hope beyond beyond hope right that that we will in fact see uh, that maria will see her son someday uh, again and i know that that's um that's a hard thing to focus on when we have grief in the present moment when we feel that loss so acutely um, this is, this is so important in the Christian, uh, worldview. It's so important for us as Christians to hold on to that hope that we are still connected to those who have gone before us. And that takes trust, right? That takes faith also. So yeah, that certainly does add some important, you know, context to Maria's question. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's very understandable that she would, um, have a challenge in trusting God's will, in really, really believing that God can bring good out of this situation. Uh, He can. He always can, right? I mean, and we know this, Maria, because he did this with the cross, right? He did this when Jesus died on the cross. Uh, It was this moment of terrible grief for our Blessed Mother, for all of Jesus' followers, and for, for the whole of creation, for that matter, But God the Father brought great goodness out of that, and so He does the same with with all of the grief and loss that we experience in life. Mm,
0: Yeah. Well, I know that Father Matthew and I would uh, would will pray for the repose of his soul. Thank you for that, Maria. And um, I'm so sorry that you're having to face this, to go through it, and you know. yeah, placing your, placing your hope and trust in the care of our blessed mother who knows what it's like to have a, to lose a son, to have a son she loves so much and to, to lose him to, to death. But then as Father Matthew was just saying, to, to see and rest in the hope of the resurrection and that God will bring good out of it. Our thoughts and prayers are with you, Maria. Thank you for emailing in. Let's go back to the phones now. Carla is calling in from Alta, Alton, Texas. Carla, welcome to The Inner Life. Thanks for calling.
2: Yes, um, thank you for taking my call. Um, regarding the topic, I have been dealing with um, postpartum depression. My baby is about to turn two, and I'm still dealing with a lot of anxiety, um, negative thoughts. You know, the radio station has helped me a lot with, um, you know, keeping my faith. I do the Divine Mercy. I hear it every day at 3 but, you know, sometimes I feel like my prayers are not answered. Mm. And, you know, it all started with my pregnancy.
1: Yeah. Um, Carla, have you have you seen a counselor? Have you talked to somebody uh, like a, a mental health professional?
2: Yes, I still am, yes. I, I yeah. go to counseling, um, you know, but the anxiety sometimes is just, it never went away. I was told they should be going away. Um, after I delivered my baby, but it's still
1: there. Mm-hmm. Well, Carla, I, I think I first of all, praise God that you have a child. Praise God that He's given you this cross also to bear. I know that's kind of a strange thing to say to praise God for the suffering that we have. Um, what I think, so I'm really glad that you're on you're on the path of healing, even if it doesn't seem like you're experiencing the progress you want. And you're approaching this from both angles, which is really important, right? Um, uh, depression is real, and emotional um, struggles in our life are real. And when we have anxiety, we can't always just um, use spiritual means to, to uh, alleviate it. You know, God can immediately remove our anxiety if he desires, but also he gives us normal human methods to do that, whether that's uh, cognitive behavioral therapy or other means of of therapy for us to get through it. Uh, you know what what's interesting to me, Carla, is um, having accompanied other people who have also gone through sometimes many years of of grave anxiety. Is it is very hard, right? I mean, you're you're having to learn new new techniques and tools for for responding to things welling up in your heart. Uh, which you don't know where they come from, right? Why? Why? I mean, postpartum depression is such a such a strange, right, cross that people have to bear because it should be a moment of great joy in our life, but the human body and our fallen human nature and chemicals in our brain just lead us to a different place. And part of that healing that comes about is us deciding to say, "Wait a sec, I need to respond to my brokenness." With God's love, I need to respond to my brokenness with tools to overcome this, to decide to not be anxious in this moment. As strange as that sounds, right? Because anxiety is not a decision we make, but it can be something that we decide to respond to in a certain way. So, to not give into it, to not allow it to spiral out of control, and then to use it, Carla, to really recognize it. I need to stay close to God and I need to realize that I'm not as strong as I sometimes think I am. And whenever we go through mental health challenges, I think it leads us to realize in humility that we need God's love and we need to, to approach Him uh, with a lot of humility. So um, keep doing what you're doing, Carla. I know, I, I, I know that's not a lot of help to you, but I, I would just encourage you to not, not give up hope, right? not give up the perseverance that you need to have in this moment, but instead realize that although it might be taking longer than you expect, God's still working in this situation, right? And he will bring you healing. It might take longer than you expect, but he will bring you healing. I'm quite confident of that. Yeah.
0: My prayer for you, Carla, will be that God will remind you of his presence in some, in some unmistakable way in the next day or two, or certainly within the next week, that uh, you'll be able to yeah, sense and know his presence with you in the midst of this, because... I know it's not something easy to deal with here. Let's take another uh, email. Um, So an email came in from Maura, who says that 20 years ago, I had a vision of my husband and his son, who was non-Catholic at the time, in very deep despair. I didn't know what that meant. I thought that it was God's way of telling me they needed my help to come to him. So I trusted in God, prayed the rosary for 20 years, she says. My stepson converted to Catholicism last year. My other son is in the seminary and my husband is an RCIA to become Catholic next year. So I guess I offer that just in the in the midst of all the things that we face that um yeah it took 20 years but God came through in some pretty amazing ways father.
1: You know I I'm I'm really looking forward Patrick to getting to the other <laughs> side of death yeah. and then being able to look back and, and see how sometimes I, I got so worked up about my timeline, and I thought I needed something right away. 20 years is nothing in the sight of God's love yeah. for us, right? I mean, it feels like a long time to us, and I'm not trying to minimize it. It's a long time to bear a cross. But in the big scheme of things, I think we're going to get to the other side of heaven. We're going to grin and we're going to realize, wow, I, I really needed those 20 years to learn God's trust or I really needed that extra time to grow in faith. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's a it's an important reminder that a lot of times things take longer than we expect to see those those results. But, <laughs> Sometimes but it's a lot always, longer. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> well, very good. And uh, thank you for that encouragement. Appreciate that, Mara. Thank you for that. Let's go now to Tom calling in from Wisconsin. Tom, welcome to The Inner Life. Thank you so much for calling.
3: Yes, thank you for taking my call. Um, Today would have been my son's 21st birthday. Um, 17 years ago, he passed away at the age of four. Um, He had a flu, and we all went to sleep, and he didn't wake up. So, um, And there's a lot to it, but if my wife and I would not have known who God was. Um, I can't imagine anyone going through something like this. He gave us many signs. Um, Not that it was not very, very painful, Um, but um, there was like, for example, that after that night when he passed, we went to the book of Job and thought we would hopefully get some consolation from that. And there was a verse in there that I, we had never seen before. And it basically said that we all have a set time and no one and nothing can, can prevent it. Um, and it, that was, it was very consoling to us because it right away showed us that there was nothing we could have done. To prevent it um but i also remember that night saying god this is the best you have for us just knowing that he wants the best for us he loves us more than we can imagine and i wasn't saying it sarcastically or it was more of this question of how in the world are you going to make that something that's good for us
1: <laughs> yeah tom i i um I think a, a parent will bear the death of their child for their whole life, right? Uh, I mean, you will you will never forget your child, of course, and um, uh, and because of that, sometimes it's um, not clear why God would allow such pain throughout your whole life, right? Uh, we are praying for you. We're praying for your ongoing trust in the Lord. I mean, now it's been. Many years, as you point out, but um, as as I can tell from your own sharing, your own testimony, that you can still feel this very acutely in your life. Um, I think, as as we were sharing with Maria a few moments ago, there is that particular cross that you've been given, uh, and why you have that cross, I don't know. You know why God has has asked you to carry that cross of suffering is not clear to me until until we reach heaven. Uh, but i do know that that like job god can reveal his greatness like to job i should say god can reveal his greatness also to you even through suffering and sometimes because of suffering we become stronger people or we become more attentive to the pain and the, the sorrows that others have we become enabled and, and equipped to be able to share the cross and carry help carry the crosses Of others and sometimes this does take a long time for us to to allow to come to fruition to see how god will allow these great sorrows and sufferings to to bear fruit Mm -hmm. but just tell you tom and and thank you first of all for your testimony but uh it's an ongoing process of trust that the lord is asking of you isn't it i mean it's an ongoing process when you wake up in the morning and the first thing you think about is a child you lost and that grief just comes flooding back over you there is that decision to say, okay, Lord, but I I still am going to trust in you. (laughs) Even though it feels very dark, even though I feel very alone and and isolated, uh, I'm going to trust that you can can make up for what is missing in my own heart. God bless you, Tom. Indeed, God bless you, Tom.
0: And again, just uh, know of our prayers for you and know that uh, it's always a possibility to call in to the Divine Mercy Chaplet at 3 p.m. Central and be part of that with Drew. As he prays that um, for all of our listeners, but specifically for specific intentions, and we repeat that phrase again and again, of course, in the chaplet, Jesus, I trust in you, Jesus, I trust in you. A lot of heavy things that we're, people are, are dealing with and struggling in their trust with God as we are talking about that today and uh, getting some good spiritual direction from our spiritual director father matthew spencer if you have a situation that you're facing that requires uh, maybe more trust than you feel you're able to give give us a call we'll see if we can get them on the air we'll see if we can get some good advice from our spiritual director again father matthew spencer our number is 888-914-9149 we're going to take our next break we'll be back with more right after this Our sponsor, the University of Dallas, invites you to check out The Quest, a five-episode video series on discovering our purpose and living it with courage. Start watching The Quest for free at relevantradio.com slash quest. Welcome back to The Inner Life here on Relevant Radio. My name is Patrick Conley. My thanks to Nick Sentevich, our producer, and Sarah Tafoya taking your phone calls today. And you know what? This coming July, Nick and Sarah and I and our whole Relevant Radio team will be live in Indianapolis at the National Eucharistic Congress. Relevant Radio is offering an easy, family-friendly travel experience thanks to Nativity Pilgrimage. So let's show up for Jesus together. You can find more information about these travel packages at relevantradio.com/encounter, that's relevantradio.com/encounter. Hope you can join us. We're talking today about trusting in God and people obviously bearing some pretty heavy crosses out there, struggling to trust, but our encouragement to you today is coming to you from our spiritual director Father Matthew Spencer. Father Matthew, let's go back to the phones. We've got Alicia calling in from Albuquerque, New Mexico. Good morning, Alicia. Thank you for calling in.
2: Good morning, Patrick, and uh, good morning, Father. It's a honor to talk to you again. Um, so I just wanted to let you know about my situation concerning right now. Um, me and my daughter are somewhat homeless. Fortunately, a relative has taken us in temporarily, and I'm still struggling to try to work and find resources and um, a home with my health being the way it is. Um, But I I have grown with God, and I feel like He has blessed me in abundance with hope. And I know throughout, you know, my journey here, I have always struggled with trying to understand and figure out, do I fully trust Him? Do I even know what my trust and faith is in Him? And even with myself, I feel I don't I don't really trust myself enough to do anything more, and let alone with God. I feel as though, well, maybe, you know, I should be enduring this suf- my sufferings, just because you know maybe it would help purify my soul, or if anything, it limits me to be more fearful or more scared about surrendering myself to God in such a way that I'm still not sure about the unknown, if that makes any sense, like if I want to know what I don't know yet.
1: Yeah, it makes a lot of sense, Alicia. I mean, uh, who wants to surrender if we think God will keep us in the same spot, right? So you're struggling to find housing right now, and no doubt this is compounded by other challenges, employment, and who knows what other forms of income, all of this, Uh, and we think, well, I don't want to surrender right now. I want things to be fixed, right? I'll surrender when things are better and I know that uh that things will co- that I can coast and things will be okay. Um you know, I think you're right and I could hear it in what you were you were sharing that God will will do some some will bring some great good out of this. Uh homelessness is such a such a challenging situation cuz you you feel like you're doing your part, and then things just don't work out, right? I mean, situations don't seem to bear fruit, or your efforts to, to resolve economic or housing issues just uh, don't always come to fruition, and uh, and it's hard to trust because we we don't see things changing, we don't see things getting better better. But I think in your situation, Alicia, surrender really is key here to say, okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna do my part. I'm gonna do my best to continue to you know uh, get out of this situation with the resources God makes available to me. Uh, but on the other hand, I'm also going to to not lose my peace if that doesn't happen on the timeline that I want. I'm not gonna lose my m- my peace of mind and my my perspective of eternal things just because I'm not experiencing an immediate um, solution to my problems. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, these are these are good things uh, to to place before the Lord, Alicia. These are good things to really consciously decide to trust in God about. Like So what I would recommend is, you know, what will happen is you'll reach a certain point where there are more frustrations or more anxieties. And those are the times when we are tempted to allow those things to control our mind. And then we, we lose all trust because we're so focused on not having control ourselves. Those are the moments, Alicia. Those are the moments where we have to take a deep breath, sometimes take three deep breaths, sometimes take a minute of just slow breathing, and then say, okay, Lord, you haven't abandoned me. It feels like you're not close, but I know you are, and we have to really consciously decide to turn to the Lord and trust in him. Mm
0: You know what, Father, one of the things that strikes me about Alicia's call and that as I'm reflecting on the other calls that we received today is that how often we can find an instance in our Lord's earthly ministry that, I mean, he reflects having gone through something very similar, if not identical. I mean, our Lord himself, when we talk about losing a loved one and how the devastating effects that can have in our lives, our Lord himself lost his friend Lazarus. And of course, as we said before, the Blessed Virgin Mary, of course, lost her son on the cross and then just thinking about Alicia's situation. Thank you for the call, by the way, Alicia. I appreciate that. Um, you know, this kind of mostly hel- homelessness. Um, well, Jesus himself said, right, foxes have holes, birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. So, I mean, it's it's not that he's unfamiliar with all these different points of our suffering. He knows it
1: so well. I mean, that's uh, that's really the challenge, Patrick, I think, of of our lives day in and day out is to see that God god is with us in our suffering i mean i'm thinking of persecution you know when Mm -hmm. when people persecute us for our faith when they persecute us because of the good we're doing especially then our temptation is to turn to the lord and say hey what's going why are you allowing this right i'm trying to do the good thing and you're allowing these people to push me away to reject me Well, when we think that Jesus also experienced persecution and rejection, Jesus also had to go through this this experience, then we have to look at our own experience of it and say, okay, there's some sharing in the cross that I have here. Alicia is sharing in the cross that Jesus had in some mysterious hidden way, right? Just as Jesus, as you rightly point out, Patrick, had nowhere to lay his head, Alicia also is experiencing this. and, And I think that can bear great fruit if we don't allow it to lead us to resentment or anger or frustration or all sure. the many other negative responses we could have,
0: right? Constant invitation from Jesus to share in His life, which means it's not all you know hearts and rainbows and flowers and all that sort of thing, but it's yeah. uh, it means some real suffering and. So again, Alicia, thank you for the call. Time is running short, but Father Matthew, I wanted to get back to an email that came in. Dear Patrick and Father Matthew, this is Noe, I hope, I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Noe Rodriguez writes in and says, my girlfriend got pregnant last summer. Now we have a beautiful five-month-old baby boy. Praise God for the gift of life. We don't live together, but I would seriously like to consider marriage with her. How can I practice trust and surrender during this time of uncertainty? He goes on to say, my financial situation isn't great. I've been unemployed since April, still live at home with family, both in our late 20s. I believe that the faith and energy we need to work hard towards marriage, however, it hasn't been easy because our relationship suffered during the pregnancy and she wants to take things slow. So we ask for our prayers and any advice that you might have to give, Father.
1: I think it's a good idea to take things slow, actually, Noe. I think mm-hmm. um, it's not what we want always, right? We want to immediately get to a more stable situation. But I think all of these things that, that Noé is experiencing are important to to, to, to um, address or at least to have some progress on before entering into marriage. So it is important to have some stability economically, to have some stability with housing. It doesn't make sense to get married uh, if you're still going to have a situation where you can't live a good married life, and have 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 the you know have the privacy that you need, or the autonomy that you need in a house, um, and also working through those relationship issues will be important before you commit your lives to one another. So, Noah, I'm so glad that you and your girlfriend chose life. I'm so glad that you have mm-hmm. this beautiful baby. Uh, we thank God for that. Um, I would say use this time now to work hard in those areas. The, over which you have control. So working on your own diligence and perseverance, striving to work on your employment situation to the best of your ability, uh, working on those relationship issues, whether it's communication, whether it's learning what marriage is is really going to be about and how to really best be a husband if this is the vocation God is calling you to. I think those are the ways that you will really ultimately arrive at at God's will for you by trusting and doing your part in those areas. Mm. And that's
0: a good reminder, too, Father, that um, when we find ourselves in having to trust the Lord in some pretty serious life circumstances, that um, it's okay. In fact, and sometimes it's it's prudent and wise to take our time, to take things slow. Because as we learned, and as we've talked about a few times on the show today, God doesn't ever seem to be in a rush. And so sometimes it's, uh, it's to our benefit to take things slowly.
1: It is. I mean, I think... Um... Uh, we shouldn't we shouldn't unnecessarily delay important decisions but sure. i think our temptation in the 21st century is to rush things a lot yeah. to, just come on just get to the end and get me allow me we're, we're so used to getting everything immediately that our outlook is oftentimes we want god to act immediately but sometimes i think oftentimes god takes those big things very slowly (laughs) and as if on cue uh
0: i (laughs) guess we do have to make a make a decision now father which is the show is drawing to a close (laughs) so we'll wind up our discussion right there but as always father we would love a blessing from you as we close the show please
1: heavenly father look with great compassion and love upon all of our listeners help them to grow in trust of your holy will and to surrender to your designs for them may almighty god bless you the father and the Son, and the Holy Spirit.
0: Amen. Father Matthew Spencer has been our spiritual director. My apologies to the calls that we weren't able to get on the air. Thank you for calling in. appreciate your your time with us today. Tomorrow on the program, we're honoring St. Vincent de Paul and talking about outreach to the poor. Hope you can join us for that. Until then, grace and peace.